Welcome back to another episode of JNR Basketball. I'm John, joined again by Ronnie, and let's just jump right into the news and notes that have happened this last week. One of the first stories I want to talk about is Bill Russell's number being retired. The number six is going to be retired. I mentioned this briefly on the last podcast. It kind of all started with a Magic Johnson tweet. I think actually, Ronnie, you're the one that sent me that message yeah. uh, about it. And here, a couple of days later, the NBA says, yeah, we're going to do it. They're going to retire the number six across the entire league. All players will wear a patch with the number six on their sleeve, and there will be an emblem on the court as well. So Bill Russell's number will be retired. Uh, Players that are currently wearing number six are going to be grandfathered in. They can continue to wear the number six if they'd like. But I think a lot of players will probably change it. I don't know what you feel about that. What would you do if you were a player and you were, you know, you've been wearing number six your whole life? Yeah. uh, And now. If I was a player, I mean, it kind of depends on if I was wearing it for Bill Russell because I was a fan of his or for if I was just wearing it for myself, I think. If I was wearing it because I was a fan of his before all of this happened, then I would continue wearing it. But if I was just wearing it for myself, then I would be like, you know what, that that's his number. I could switch to number seven or five, you know, just just switch, you know. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of numbers um, <laughs> that you could change to. <laughs> yeah. You could be one or two. Or three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the most famous player on the list of players that are currently wearing number six is LeBron James, obviously, with the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think – I haven't seen at least an announcement of what he's going to do. He wears number six for uh, Julius Irving, who is one of his favorite players growing up, not for Bill Russell. Uh, so he might stay the same. He might change it. I don't, I don't really know what he's going to do, but uh, he's the most famous player. The rest of the people on this list, you know, Alex Caruso certainly – is is a known player, and uh, then it starts to drop off fairly quickly of of players I've never heard of and players that probably don't see the court that much. So, yeah. just wondering wondering what that's going to look like come next year. But I certainly would understand if players wanted to switch numbers uh, out of respect to Bill Russell. But I certainly would understand, especially if they pick their number because of Bill Russell wanting to hold on to it. I don't have any problems with any players, you know, continuing to wear the numbers, whether they're fans of his or not, or you know, it it's fine. They, they were wearing the number before all this happened, so if they continue to wear it, I think that's okay. But after this, you say before all this happened, be- before <laughs> Bill Russell died, before Russell, was... before he passed away, that's what I'm saying. They were wearing right. the number. before Well, you he made it away. seem like before this happened, you made it seem like it was something controversial. No, no, <laughs> just just the way I, the way you said it, that's what I thought of. You gotcha. know, like he did something uh, no. gruesome. <laughs> Not at all. Number six has been officially retired by the NBA. I I think it's a smart move. The NBA is getting a lot of criticism for this because they, you know, if they were going to do this, they should have done it right away. Instead, they waited for Magic Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. They waited for Magic Johnson to tweet it. And then they sat on it for a few more days before ultimately pulling the trigger and doing it. So it makes it seem like they were just kind of caught with their pants down. Like, what? What happened? What are we doing? Huh? Yeah. And, And they sort of did this reactionary thing. And that's that's kind of a bad look for the NBA, I think. Well, which go over what you were saying for doing with Bill, bumbling things. Sorry, go over what you were saying with Bill Russell not wanting to retire his number with the team. Sure, yeah. Bill Russell originally said he didn't want his number retired. Uh, let me pull up the quote here. Uh, okay. He didn't want any validation from the organization. Was was the key of it? I don't need any validation. I played and I played, and that trip and that experience was enough to last a lifetime. So he didn't really care if his number got retired or not. Right. You know, some people take great honor in that. I think he recognized, uh, which which I think is really cool, it's just a game. Yep. <laughs> Who cares if you retire my number? I don't need that. I'm not going to be like, they didn't even retire my number. So yeah. I think for, from a player's perspective, he could care less that his number's retired. Right. Uh, but I, I imagine from a family and, and just honoring his legacy, it, it, it's a big deal. Yeah, when you were reading that earlier too, it did make me think that, okay, well, now it's okay that we're not retiring his number while he was alive because maybe he wouldn't have cared so much, you know, but I kind of still wish they would have done it while he was alive, but it is honestly just really cool that this is happening during our lifetime anyways too. I mean, he was clearly the best player. I don't, I mean, I know there's other players out there, other people would be like, no, he wasn't the best player, you know, it's, it's argumentative. But uh, no, he was like an 11 times champion. Um, the big thing that the re- the big reason I think they're retiring his number is because he was a first black head coach and he won two champions as a head coach. But it's going to be cool. Like when you see that number six out in the rafters, you know, and see his retired number, 
you know, our kids are going to ask us, you know, what, what is that number six for? What is that? And we're living through this, you know, we, we could say, oh, well, you know, he passed away and he's famous for this and that. Or, you know, we weren't alive for the Jackie Robinson thing. Uh, we were alive for the Wayne Gretzky one, barely. You know, I was super young, but uh, I was just a kid when they retired his number. And it's just really cool that this is happening right now. And I'm, I, I'm living through it. You know, it's cool. Yeah, we talked about it previously, but, you know, Bill Russell won the uh, 2010 Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is one of the highest honors that a civilian can get. He got it for his excellence on the court and his commitment to social justice. He continued to work for his community, work for the game, and just be sort of a representative of, of all of that. So that that's part of why he got the, the Medal of Freedom, and I think that's absolutely related to why he got his number retired. So a question I have for you is – Michael Jordan at some point will pass away. When that happens, should the NBA retire the number 23? And I was thinking that too. I was thinking about some other NBA players, you know, should we have retired other numbers? But I don't think Michael Jordan has done enough or as much as Bill Russell has. Um, like when it comes to championships and the black community and all this stuff, you know, so no, I, I don't think they should retire his number. Yeah, he was ridiculously good and i mean he's like he had two different times he three-peated in the nba you know with the bulls but no i don't think he should retire his number this i think they're retiring bill russell's number for many multiple different reasons compared to jordan where just because he was a good player they're all basketball related for jordan correct okay i just i was just because i thought the same thing and it's like you know kobe passed away i the league didn't retire his number across the league. Right. Uh, eventually, Michael Jordan, eventually LeBron James, all of these fantastic players are eventually going to pass away. You and I are eventually going to pass away. And, you know, I don't have a number to be retired. And that's that's fine. My number 69. Do, so you can retire that one. <laughs> do you retire? I hate you so much. Do you retire those guys' numbers? And I, I agree with you. The answer is no. Uh, just because of the the community involvement that we spoke to, you could make the argument for LeBron, LeBron James for opening all of these schools that he's done, uh, and he's done for a lot for the community as well. But I think a different time, Bill Russell lived and played, and and absolutely was deserved. And I'm glad the NBA did it. Uh, like I mentioned, I feel like they're kind of caught flat footed here and and reacted more than being pro- uh, proactive about making this happen. But eventually, they got it right, and that's. That's worth something. So I do have someone that I, I've been thinking about doing something for. So, you know, Al McCoy, he's a Phoenix Suns announcer. He's 90 years old, and he's been announcing for the Suns for like 50 years or something ridiculous. So do you think we should do anything for him? Like maybe a, a statue out front or I don't know. Just like what what can we do for him to like honor him before he passes away? You're talking away? about the Suns? Yeah. yeah. I think it's. I think you're absolutely right. I think they will do something for him. Maybe it'll be a statue or maybe it'll be... Um, something in the stadium is named after him, where it would be like the, the Al McCoy, I don't know. I can't say anything that's not going to come off disrespectful, <laughs> but, you know, something like that. You know, the, the Cardinals have, uh, not the Cardinals, I'm sorry, the, the Arizona State Sun Devil Stadium, they have a Pat Tillman statue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I imagine you could do something like that for, for Al McCoy. But they have the statue uh, at the Cardinals Stadium, too, for Tillman. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. You could do, you could do that sooner rather than later so that he can see it and and be part of the ceremony of unveiling that so yeah i agree with that for somebody like that it absolutely makes sense and there's some other people out there like vin scully just passed away too like should we have done anything for him you know so i don't know there's there's many Well, when you say we i assume you don't mean me and you well no we you and me should have done something you know we (laughs) We should have done something (laughs) we should have made a statue of him out of like i don't know yeah meat sauces and (laughs) I got a lot of Lego. Yeah, a lot of Legos. Made made at least his head out of Legos and Yeah. No. no you're just, a jerk, Ronnie. It, no, absolutely. I think organizations should recognize some of those people that are so important. Uh, you know, Harry Carey for the Cubs, uh, Al McCoy for the Suns. Absolutely that those sort of people should be recognized for for what they do, but just by the the, the team's level, right? Not the entire league uh because they are truly special to that one organization. Yeah. In most most cases. Switching gears. Can't go an episode without talking about Kevin Durant and some of the drama that he's caused. Oh, boy. He has decided to go to Twitter and, you know, 
arguing with the trolls, which is which is always good. <laughs> I know nothing uh, so about this. A... I'm excited to learn about it. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay. So there there was a post about Kevin Durant and what he's doing to the game, and someone tweeted, uh, without a doubt, Kevin Durant with his Twitter handle. Uh, this is his legacy. He left the game in worse shape than he found it, and he replied, hashtag, I ruined the game. Uh, so people are accusing him of basically ruining the game. And, you know, another tweet to response to that says, from a fan perspective, it was lame AF when you joined Steph after choking. Then you found Kyrie and got swept. Now the trade demand, lame. You're a great talent, but your legacy is not an all-time great for the game. Uh, and Kevin Durant replied, and that's fine. Enjoy that perspective, my man. Not mad at you for it. Right. So people are calling him out on this, and I kind of wanted to get your opinion because I think you had a very strong opinion. Did Kevin Durant, quote unquote, ruin the game? Yeah, what I said before earlier uh, was when he went to the Warriors, like those championships don't mean as much as it would if he earned them on his own on a different team. Like if he stayed with the Thunder, for example, and won them the championship, it would be so much more meaningful than it was when he went over to the Warriors to a, already a championship winning team and then won two more with them. Like that's okay like you didn't prove anything by that so yeah good job people for for calling him out on that i think it's always funny when people celebrities go on twitter and try to defend themselves because it always always to me just looks bad mm -hmm. there's there's nothing you can say and kevin durant is you know he had his kevin durant burner account where he was defending himself through that a couple of years ago he's he's a weird dude uh, but yeah, he, he's saying that, yeah, he hasn't ruined the game. He doesn't think he has, but I, I kind of agree with you, uh, with this person here, you know, from a fan perspective, you literally said, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. And you're like, yeah, that's good life advice. And you, you took that and you went to golden state and I don't know that he necessarily ruined the game. Uh, if right. he didn't do this, some other statement. player was going to do this, you know, it's ring chasing. You want to be on a championship yep. team. So you put yourself in a, the best position to do that. Uh, at the same time, balancing that with I want to get paid as as much money as possible because I know my window is short. So I don't think he ruined the game. I think he did change the game. And I think the way he changed the game wasn't for the better. I think you see more and more star players demanding trades, more and more players being difficult to work with, difficult to play with. And I think KD is sort of the essence of all of that rolled into one package. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think he ruined the game either. But yeah, he definitely change the way the contracts are going to be written i think for the future like you can't just request a trade yeah. after signing a, a four-year contract or what is it was it a five-year and then he has four years left uh i don't have his contract in front of me i believe it was a four-year deal he might have signed up i want to I, say I it was five trade, years but... but he has four years left but i don't know for sure but either way um just keeps requesting a trade when there's at least four years left on his contract and it's ridiculous like that's dumb like just Stick with your team and quit being so indecisive about whether I should stay or go and try to bring chase or not and just stay in Brooklyn and earn yourself a, a decent championship. Yes, he has four years left on his current contract, uh, so it will run him through 2025-2026 season where he is <laughs> slated to make $53 million Jeez. before becoming a free agent in 2026. I mean, so he basically sees that he's he's going to end his career right here in Brooklyn because he signed such a long contract. No, he's not going to stay in Brooklyn. I'm just saying, like that's maybe that's why he's requesting his trade because he's fearful that he's going to have to deal with all this crap that he's been dealing with in one year for another four years. So he's requesting a trade early and screwing everything up. The statements that he was saying about yeah. like getting Nash out of there and getting the GM out of there, like the GM did all the right thing they the gm listened to to durant about getting all these other great players into brooklyn to play with him and now he wants to fire him that doesn't make any sense and nash I it don't... does make sense because he wants to get out of there yeah right. <laughs> so, i mean it, we talked about this before too right it's all just noise right. it's all just it just noise to try to you know force his way out of there uh somebody told him like if you really want to get out just say you know i support uh taiwan because that will piss off the the owner of the Nets, and then he'll be forced to trade you. So that's a good. One. It's all it's all just crazy. Uh, apparently, there was rumors swirling that he was going to retire if they couldn't get him traded. So he came out and addressed that and said, "I know most people See? will believe unnamed sources over me, but if anyone's out there that'll listen, I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Shit is comical at this point. 
there's no way he's going to retire. I don't I think that's that is ridiculous. That is comical. He's right on the nose with that. He's not going to retire from the game. Could he hold out? Could he refuse to play? Absolutely. But he's not going to retire. That's that's silly. Well, that's remember what I was saying in previous podcasts about like the NFL and like how they're I feel like the NBA players are seeing what some of these NFL players are doing to get out of their contracts and they're going to apply it to themselves. Gronkowski, I don't know exactly his contract situation, but I do remember when he retired with the Patriots and then he ended up coming back and signing with Tampa Bay. So I see things like well, that. Well, he had then... to, he had to be traded from New England. New England still held his rights. Okay. So they, 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 the Patriots got compensation for that. Yeah. I'm just... And it basically was, Hey, I'm not going to unretire to play for you. So it's in your best interest to trade me. Yeah, uh, but I, I understand what you're saying. The other big difference between football and the NBA is most of the time football contracts are non guaranteed. So if yeah. a player is cut, he gets paid nothing, uh, unless you know, depending on how the contract was structured. Where in the NBA, it's a guaranteed contract; gotcha. almost all of the money is. So yeah, there I'm... are some subtle differences, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, he's forcing his way out of the situation, mm-hmm. um, and it is what it is. And we are just about out of our allotted Kevin Durant talk time because <laughs> it's such a Pandora's box of ugliness. So if you have a final thought on Kevin Durant, Ronnie, speak now or forever hold your peace. I don't want him down the suns. Please just stay in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, that it's it's very interesting when you have a player. and This isn't necessarily Kevin Durant specific. When there is a, a, a star player that's available, the the division you have amongst the fan base of, oh, we need him here, we need him here, give up everybody if you can get him, to the, I don't want that bum here, we're we're pretty close. Yeah, uh, I think for a team like the Suns, who I think are on the downward trend, it doesn't make sense to bring somebody like that in. I think you need more role players. Right. Uh, for a team like the Celtics, it doesn't make sense. Any team that was basically a top six seed on either the East or the West, I don't think it makes sense to bring somebody a superstar in to get you over that get you over the top because you're already pretty close to the top yeah now, it worked for the warriors but the warriors are just a different kind of team right yeah but james jones works so hard to get the suns where they are right now so it doesn't make right. any sense to get rid of everything that you worked for for that one player that he's probably just going to request a trade after a couple of years anyways and then you're down to nothing you're rebuilding that's right rebuilding speaking of rebuilding that's actually not a segue at all. I apologize. <laughs> uh, the NBA schedule will be released Wednesday, August 17th. By the time you guys hear this, it will have already have been released. So uh, we record on Tuesdays and, and that's, you know, the schedule comes out tomorrow. It's unfortunate. So we're going to take some time to look at it and we're going to come back and talk about the games that we're most excited to see, maybe our games of the month. Uh, but if if you haven't already looked the nba schedule is out go take a look at it circle some games on your calendar and uh we're going to be talking about it in a future podcast but they did release the christmas day schedule that was leaked and didn't release it got leaked it got leaked released leaked you know you never know with that sometimes (laughs) it's an intentional leak i think to get conversation and excitement going i'm excited there's five games uh, the game that I'm probably least excited about is in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia versus the Knicks. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to watch the retooled Sixers to see what they look like, but I just think the Knicks are the Knicks, and it's not a real testament. I mean, it's a big media market, and that's why they're playing on Christmas Day. I get that, but we'll go over all the games that so that matchup. the listeners could yeah. hear what what came out. Sure, sure. So the Sixers uh, versus the Knicks, and the Bucks versus the Celtics in the East. In the West, we have the Lakers and the Mavericks, the Warriors and the Grizzlies, and the Phoenix Suns versus the Denver Nuggets. So let's go through those games real quick. We we talked about the Sixers and the Knicks already. Uh, but the game in the East of the two that I that is a very exciting game is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks going to Boston mm-hmm. uh, for the Celtics. This is going to be a rematch of the conference semifinals. And with a healthy Chris Middleton and a healthy Boston Celtics, this could be an Eastern Conference Finals preview. And I'm I'm super excited to watch this game. I hope everybody's healthy so that we can see these guys at full strength going against each other. Yeah, there's three games that are West versus West and the two games that are East versus East, right? There's five games all together. Right. Yep. So five yeah, games total. Kind of interesting that they did that. You know, they they're really trying to create some viewership, you know, make make you guys want to oh, yeah, watch coast it. Coast to coast. Yeah. 
And Absolutely. They they set it up correctly there. I don't I'm not too interested in the Suns versus Nuggets. I mean, what's I don't know why they did that. <laughs> yeah, the Suns versus I mean the Suns are a a good team, right? They were the number one seed, they were the best team in basketball yeah. last year going into the playoffs. And the Nuggets have two time MVP, you know, Nikolai Jokic with a potentially healthy Jamal Murray. So again, all of these teams that are playing are especially in the West, are playoff teams. Uh, that could be any of these could be Western Conference previews, Western Conference Finals previews. They're certainly going to be pre- playoff uh, teams. Uh, so the Sun, you mentioned the Suns and the Nuggets, eh. uh, the Lakers and the Mavericks. Ah, uh, that that's my eh game. You know, the Lakers missed the playoffs last year. I, I think they'll be better this year. The the Dev- Dallas Mavericks who broke our hearts last year with uh, Luca. That that'll be a good game. It's just not a game that I I can really probably sit down and watch. I'll certainly watch the highlights of that game. But to me, the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies is going to be an awesome game. Right. You know, we had all sorts of fireworks when they met in the playoffs. They were you know between Draymond Green and John Morant talking trash on Twitter about how they hope that this is a Christmas game. Uh, that's it's really exciting to see. I'm sure the NBA was watching that and and that had a big big role in this matchup. That should be a really, really good game. Uh, John and Draymond have already kind of jawed at each other about this on Twitter. In fact, Draymond in- invited Ja to his house for Christmas dinner after the game, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, but they're going to play each other on Christmas Day, and we'll see what happens. It, it's always fun to watch those two teams. Uh, you know, the Warriors won the championship, and they were still talking about the Grizzlies. So there's yeah. there's more than just a rivalry there. There's some, I don't want to say deep-seated hate, but... Uh, it should be a fun series to watch. I hope they meet each other again in the playoffs, and this is going to be a good preview of what that could look like in the playoffs, and I'm excited to see that game. That That's the game I'm most excited to see. The Bucks and the Celtics is, is number two for sure, Yeah, and then uh, everything else is kind of back second thought after that. I'm actually 100% with you right there. This I'm same exact. I don't understand why they didn't put Dallas versus the Suns, switch that one up, and then maybe have Lakers versus Nuggets. Because Dallas and the Suns were, you know, both in the playoffs and the, yeah. the Dallas Mavericks, you know, eliminated the Suns. So I thought that would have been a, a much better matchup than, you know, the Suns versus Nuggets. But we did eliminate the Nuggets the year before in the playoffs. So maybe that's why they did that. I'm not sure. But I definitely want to watch that Golden State and Memphis Grizzlies game, though. I think if you look at this, all of these teams, well, that's not true. I take that back. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, all these teams are in the same time zones, but Memphis and Golden State certainly aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have I would have liked to have seen the Lakers and the Clippers. I thought that would be a fun game yeah. to watch on Christmas Day, the Battle of L.A. That'd be That's excellent. probably the game that I I feel like they they missed. That would have been my one of my dream matchups. That probably be the uh, opening know, the Memphis, matchup. It might be. Yeah, I did see that there. It might be opening day matchup. Actually, there was another couple of games that were leaked. Uh, but I, I know we had talked about Christmas Day games previously, so I, I definitely wanted to bring those up. So if you have a Christmas Day matchup that didn't make the list that didn't get scheduled. Let us know what that is, either on Twitter or on the JNR fan line. We'd love to hear what your dream, what your Christmas wish matchup would have been and uh, which game you're going to be watching on Christmas instead. Yeah. How about 76ers versus Heat? Why did they pick the Knicks, too? Just because of New York? That would have been better, yeah, I think too. because of their New York. Yep. I think they're missing the mark a it little bit, but whatever. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's... You, can't have every, you can't have every team play. So right. they have 10 teams playing, which, yep, which is a decent. good chunk. You know, that's a third of the league. Yeah. Uh, that's If you oversaturate it, I think you're gonna you're gonna suffer a little bit. So they tried to pick the teams, but I agree the Heat would have been a good matchup to have. The Heat are are a great team. They you know were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and and they're gonna be you know watching watching Christmas basketball from home, which is fine. Yeah, when you're one of these ten teams, do you look at this and you're like, ah, oh, I gotta play on Christmas? Like, <laughs> do you look at it like that, or are they excited? Are they like, I get to play on Christmas because these games can be so exciting? I think you have a little bit of both. Yeah, I think you're going to certainly have players that wish they they were at home for Christmas and not not on the road. But then I think you have the players that go, "There's five games. Everybody in the country is essentially off from work. Mm-hmm. We're going to be getting the spotlight. This is our chance to shine." Uh, if you're a team that feels like you've been underrepped or or not talked about enough, you can make this a big statement game yeah. and show the show the world uh, that you're the team to be talked about. So. Yeah, I could see it both ways. I could see teams that are sitting at home being like, "Man, we got snubbed. We're not getting the spotlight on Christmas Day. That what a what a bunch of crap." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. If you like, if you're a family guy and you know you have your kids and everything like that, and you're playing away, that's going to suck. But 
yeah, if you're playing at home, it's that's fine. I, I think you're okay with it still. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the interesting things about this schedule that they've already come out and said is that there are no games on election day. Uh, they want people to be involved in their community and, and go vote. Don't don't watch games. Don't come to the stadium. Get out there and make your voice heard, regardless of which side you're on. You know, the best way to do that is by getting out and voting. And they they've backed it up by not make by making sure there are no games on election day. So I, I give them huge credit for that. I think that's really really cool. Exciting to see that them taking that seriously, you know, talking the talk and walking the walk by by scheduling it this way. So I imagine there'd be some promotion that the NBA's gonna have rolled out as that time comes. You know, they're gonna give it some clever name. Their marketing department's probably working yeah. on that right now. Right. But uh I think that's I think that's kinda neat. That's cool, but sometimes the Suns games start at like eight at night, so I don't think it makes a difference for us, <laughs> you know? Oh sure it does. If you're going to the game, if you're going to the Suns game, you're not rolling in at seven fifty. Well, I mean, compared um, to the times that you could go and vote, you know, like you could go vote in the morning and then you have all afternoon to get ready for the game that starts at eight. That's all I'm saying. So, but yeah, still, I don't still like it. good, I don't good like for it, the Ronnie. NBA. I think it's good for the NBA. I think it's good for the country. Everyone needs to get out and vote. If you don't, if you're not registered to vote, go vote. Yep. Make your voice heard. I do like that they're uh, making it sound important, you know, that, you know, you got to go out and vote. <laughs> sound important. <laughs> I am not a registered voter, fool. so <laughs> I knew it. obviously. Uh, so that's it. We're going to have the, a full schedule breakdown or a deeper schedule breakdown once we actually get our hands on the schedule and see it. But by the time you're listening to this, the NBA schedule is available. Go take a look at it and uh, let us know what game you're most looking forward to, the game that you will be watching uh, come hell or high water, and uh, we'll let you know ours once we have a chance to take a look at the schedule. Fantasy basketball. Ronnie, have you played fantasy basketball? I've never played it, but I think I would be really good at it. And that's because you think you're good at everything, uh, despite <laughs> evidence to the contrary. Except for talking. <laughs> <laughs> I played fantasy basketball many, many moons ago, and uh, it was a time in my life where I couldn't keep up with the roster. It was a lot of work, and I was probably a little OCD about trying to get everything perfect. So I, I, but I faded out pretty fast. Mm. Uh, but we are going to be playing fantasy basketball this year, and we're going to be talking a lot of fantasy basketball this year. So if you are new to fantasy basketball, that's great. That There's no time like the present to kind of get ramped up in that. And we're going to talk a little bit about it today, some of the different leagues that you could potentially join, as well as some of the top players. So we're going to be having a lot of fantasy basketball talk over this next season, and we're going to be identifying players that we think are, are going to have good games, and uh, just look for that each and every episode. Or not each and every episode. I think we're going to do Fantasy Fridays. Is that what we decided? Yeah, we could do that. That's yeah. still up in the we, air. We, we're did, not, we just not, decided. Yeah. Up on the air, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure things out. We'll let you know. So there's two types of fantasy basketball leagues. And there's this concept of categories versus points. And I think I like one more than the other. I'm curious to, on your take on that. Okay. So we'll start with the easy one. And the easy one is points. If a player you, – you give point value. So a steal is worth three points. So if your player gets a steal, you three get points? three points Jeez. for that player. I, I'm making up numbers, right? Okay. I'm pulling them out of a hat. Oh, OK. <laughs> uh, they, don't, they don't have to be that. A point is worth a point. You know, Every point scored is a point scored. Uh, you could have field goal percentage. You could have uh, rebounds, assists, blocks. All of those different things could be categories that you, you assign point values to. And at the end of the day, you know what the player is capable of doing, what that player did in the game – those are the points that he scores. The other way you could do it is called categories. And what categories means is that if, um, let's say you have 10 players and you're in the top 10. Well, let's see. What's a better way to explain this? Let's say, let's say you have 10 players, Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Me, you, and eight other people. And I score the most points in a game. That's worth 10 points. You score the least amount of points in a game, so you only get one point. Right. So it could be a difference of, you know, I could score 50 and you could score one. I'm still going to get 10. You're going to get one. Yes, yeah, so all of my and players added rebounds. up. Added, I had like the yep. lowest overall score, so I only get one point. Ex exactly. Yes, correct. So then each category, you, you, you know, again, in a 10-player league, one through 10. So whoever had the most rebounds, they get 10 points. Whoever had the second most rebounds, they get nine points. And you divvy it up that way. And that's how the scores are made. So you're, you're looking for players that 
are going to excel in some categories to get you the most points. And the benefit to this is you can you can say, I don't need to score the most points. I just need to score more points than the rest of the players. So, you know, you don't need someone that's going to go off for 30 every night. You just need someone that's going to average, you know, 20 points a night. And they're going to keep you kind of at the top of the pack in that points category. Where a defensive player, you might might value those a little bit more because steals is maybe one of your categories or blocks is one of your categories. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're high at there because those are easy points. Uh, which is your preference? Because I know mine. I like the first preference, honestly. I don't like... Yeah. I kind of like the second one. Where I, I could see where I would like it in fantasy football sometimes because I'll be going head-to-head against someone and then I'll lose by like 0. 0.2 points. But I had like the second most points in the league. So I would have had nine points. You know, so, but right. I, I still like it the first way. Oh, I agree. I agree with the first way as well. I think, you know, you're, it's more tied to the player's actual success. And if you have a player that just absolutely goes off, you want to see that score reflected in the final score. You right. want to see, I dominated this week because, you know, Jokic had a triple double and, uh, 10, 10 blocks and yeah. 20 points and, and 15 rebounds, right? You want to see the points that you're going to get for that, which is which is awesome. So I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the point system, but I do understand, like you mentioned, why categories is popular as well. The other option you sort of have is what's called a roto versus head-to-head. A roto is short for rotisserie, and that's where you don't play another team. It's just sort of accumulation of you know points for that week. So I could have... The, the highest amount of points by week, or you could even do it by season. So you're just going to categorize all of your points for the entire season, and whoever has the most points, they win that. So from week to week, it doesn't really matter how you do. It's it's more of a certainly more of a marathon versus a sprint in that capacity. Where head to head is what you're more familiar with in fantasy football, where you you go against another player and another player in the league, and your team has to beat their team in order to get the win. Yeah, that's tough because I, I do like that a lot only because I've had such crappy seasons of fantasy football where, I'll, like last year, for example, I had this amazing team. I actually had like three Kansas City Chiefs players. You know, I had Mahomes and uh, Kelsey and Hill, right? The Like the three best players on that team. I had the third most fantasy points, but I got eliminated before the playoffs like yep. because my head-to-head matchups, I was losing. Like all my other players are actually like, just when you added up all my points, I just lost so many games because I was playing against all these other people that had like the best weeks yeah. ever, you know, like they had 50 point games That's... and I was just like, what the hell? You know? So I was eliminated. The fantasy dilemma, right? Right. Yeah, so I kind of like it for that point because you, sometimes you think like you do have the best team, you're, you're killing it every week, but you just keep losing by like two points because you just had bad matchups. So I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I, I like the head-to-head because it, it lets you do some trash talking, right? If it's me right. versus you this week, I could talk trash about how, oh, I can't believe you started, you know, Devin Booker, who's out with a hamstring injury. Yep. What an idiot. Yep. Uh, so that sort of stuff exists where you don't have that when you do the rotisserie style. Exactly. Which sounds like a KFC menu item. But I, I, I agree with you as well where the frustrations of all of your players had an excellent week, but – they picked up some random waiver wire person that just absolutely went went nuts. Exactly. Um, you know, you, you you start Russell Wilson who, you know, averages a triple double more or less, but for whatever reason the the day that you had him started, you know, he put up nine points and didn't play in the second half because they were getting blown out. Mm-hmm. So uh it's it is frustrating, but I, I prefer the head to head. So I think my dream scenario is head to head with points. Yep. Um, I think I like that. Sounds like that's yours as well. Yeah. But Roto with points is awfully appealing. I don't think I'm a fan of categories, uh, but I I, I think that's kind of what we're going to do. So we're going to set up a league and we're going to, we're going to do our draft and we're going to see who comes out better. Who's the better fantasy basketball manager, myself or Ronnie. And we're going to have to get some people involved in this league. So if you're interested in joining our fantasy basketball league, send us a message on Twitter or on the JNR fan line, and we will uh, we'll get that set up. Now when we won't I, be able I, to accommodate everybody, but I would love to to play with some of our listeners uh, in this in this NBA fantasy basketball season. I have another thing that I would like to explain, if you could, um, just based off of like one of my first questions when I was joining fantasy basketball is, do you have to? Like, how does this schedule work? Like, with football, you know that they only play it, like, once a week. Basketball, you have games, like, every single day. So can you kind of explain that a little better, too? Yeah. So 
It all depends on how you set up your league. So you can absolutely do it. You set your rosters Sunday and your players are you're going to get the points for that they score for that week. So you might look at teams that, okay, I'm playing four times this week and this guy's only playing three times this week. So maybe I'll play him instead uh, because he gets that extra game. So you can set oh, it that way or you can do it daily. You have so much flexibility when you set up a league that it almost, it almost makes it hard to get it dialed in just right for everybody. Right. Uh, but I, I think, you know, you, you would just have to go with what, what, the time commitment looks like for players in your league. Can we do this daily? Uh, I did a baseball league daily and it was exhausting. Yeah. You know, you could set your schedule in advance. You, you could set it up. So you could set it on Sunday and say, okay, on Monday, change to this. And then Tuesday, change to this. And, when, and so you could get yourself, you know, set up for the week, but you do, at least in this case, had to physically make what you wanted your roster to look like each and every day. Um, and it can be, it can be quite a time commitment because of that. So I have an idea, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I want to, I know I, I'm asking during the, this recording that's podcast, but And you know still. I love when you do that. <laughs> I <know. laughs> no, I just want to ask you, what do you think about maybe starting a, starting like our own league of like our own way of scoring where we just, like once the schedule comes out, what if we pick like 30 games, you know, like, like all the NBA teams, we just pick one game out of that week that we, we keep score of. Um, and then we could just we could do it like how fantasy football is, where it's just once a week we set our lineup, and then we're not doing like this daily thing. We have to keep track of everything every single day. We just have like a Saturday and Sunday game, you know, or, or maybe Monday included too, kind of like how football is. And that way, you just you have one game that the team's playing, and we try to try to find those games where they're just playing once a week. Do you think we could set it up like that, and then we well, maybe when you just say set it up. You you're assuming that some website or some NBA fantasy I site think we're smart enough to where we can do this ourselves. No, no, no. You, you know who's going to be doing all the work, Ronnie? I will. It's going to be me. I, I could, won't. I could, I could link up. <laughs> you know how that's going to go. <laughs> I swear to God, I could do this. I, oh, I, could... I forgot. I'll get it to you tomorrow. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, I've I'm been... still waiting on those uh, those clips you're supposed to. Send I've been me. really busy recently, but no, I could actually set it up to where we could have Excel like. And we could uh, link it up where, like, it keeps the st- it takes the stats from like ESPN, for example, and then it does like the calculations with the the stats with the players, and then it just does it once a week. The only thing that would be difficult is finding, like, looking through the schedule and finding one game per week that we want to keep track of. But I think in the end, it would be so. You put that together <laughs> and you tell me the rules and everything, and I will happily join. Okay. And I say that because I know that you will never put that together. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna In the meantime, on. I will use a established hosting cl- uh, website to to set up a league and, and participate there where they do all the scoring and I just have to say, ooh, I like this player. Okay. He's shiny and he will be on my team. <laughs> Tell you what, this year will be its testing phase. So – I'll do that. Oh we'll, we'll still do the like the regular league, you know, with all the oh, whatever. Geez. But I'm going to do the testing phases. And then by next year, we'll have it where it's just one game per week. The JNR Fantasy League. Exactly. Where... Right. All right. I, I'm looking forward to seeing this, Ronnie. It'll work. And you're going to be amazed. And you're going to be I, like, oh, my God, I... you're so smart. How do you even do this? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I wanted to do... Uh, to kind of wrap up our fantasy talk for the day. So we talked about the different leagues that exist, uh, you know, whether it be categories versus points, Roto versus head-to-head, but who some of the top players were last year and who are some of the top players for this upcoming year. So I imagine if you're doing fantasy basketball, you already know a lot of this, which is great. Uh, but for those of you who aren't aware, you can probably start to see some trends amongst these players. So what I wanted to do quickly is just kind of go over – just I'm gonna list the top five players from last year, and uh, we'll we'll see why why they were so good. So, okay. first player is Nikolai Jokic, second player Kevin Durant, third Joel Embiid, four LeBron James, and fifth was James Harden. Uh, based off the scoring criteria for this specific uh, league setup, uh, a lot of interesting things there. When I first saw this, I expected some of the pure scores to be higher, like a Steph Curry, uh, who actually was eighth on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DeJounte Murray, who's number 13 on the list. But then you start looking at the way the scoring is set up, and it makes sense. All of those guys are going to get assists. All of those guys are going to get rebounds. All of those guys are going to get points. So those are some some big categories 
that you really have to think about when you're trying to draft an all-around uh, fantasy team is who's going to get those points, who's going to have a lot of every category or at least be above average in every category. And yeah, it makes sense that, that those five guys uh, are the tops. Was there anybody that you thought should have been higher or no, should have been higher, but you expected to be higher when you looked at the list? Yeah, one that came to mind was Russell Westbrook because he's had so many triple doubles. So I was like, I bet he's going to be at the top. But no, like the list is I'm, the list that I was looking at, he was like 53 on one. That's that's for this year. Last year, he was down to 64. So that was interesting for me to see because I figured, you know, why, why wouldn't he be at the very top? Because he's gotten so many triple doubles. Yeah, I, I don't know because he played in a lot of games last year. So it wasn't like he had that. You know, you get penalized for turnovers in this, this specific scoring. And he averaged four turnovers a game. Okay. Uh, so that's not good. Yeah. But he was just kind of average and all of these all of these big categories you know field goal percentage three throw percentage three points made uh turnovers blocks and then for the categories you know points rebounds and assists where he was you know this is color or heat mapped those were green it's you know eight points seven rebounds seven assists those aren't jump off the page sort of numbers yeah just just interesting to see how far he was down there when i thought he was going to be one of the top players yeah yeah. So I'm I'm gonna be uh, what, I'm gonna do horrible in my draft. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna pick old guys. You're like, ooh, Demarcus Cousins. He was good once <laughs> yeah, upon a exactly. time. I'm gonna take him. Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne Wade. He hasn't been drafted yet. Yeah, I'm definitely getting him. <laughs> uh, I was also surprised that Giannis wasn't higher on the list uh, because Giannis is gonna get points. He's gonna have assists and rebounds. Uh, but his his three throw percentage really brought him down in this. You know, he shoots 72 percent from the line. Not a great average um and from a categories perspective that's that's pretty low and he gets penalized for that based off of of the scoring system now again depending on the scoring system you're using that can make a big impact on on who you draft so make sure you're aware of how your league is set up so that you don't take uh somebody that you think is good uh only to find out that you're going to get penalized because they have a terrible field goal percentage right so looking at you uh fred van fleet who shoots 40 percent from the field that's gonna that's gonna hurt you. So you want to make sure you you look at, you're aware of how your scoring works and uh, you take advantage of that. Okay, now, from a categories point of view, you know you could especially if you're doing like categories and roto style, you could maybe get a huge lead in points and then switch it up. And say okay, I need to get more steals, so I'm gonna put I'm gonna sacrifice some points to get additional steals, so I move up in that category. And you can kind of. Um, I don't want to say manipulate it because that's the way you play the game, but you can kind of use that to your advantage knowing the matchups and knowing the, the teams that you're playing to put in those right people and sacrifice some categories to to make up ground in other categories. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to no, say? No, you're good. So yeah, another one that I was looking at was um, Draymond Green. He was ranked, where was it, 56th, and then his buddy, Clay Thompson, is 73. So I would have thought that would have been a flip-flop because wouldn't Clay Thompson have more points than him overall? But I guess Draymond, he gets so many rebounds and assists. Gets you the know, rebounds. So. Yeah, and I think he takes higher percentage shots yeah. than uh, than Clay Thompson. Yeah, so like if, if I wasn't looking at this and I was drafting, I would have definitely drafted Clay Thompson over Draymond. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. What I'm I'm noticing is that Bigger guy. I mean, the the guards. You know, they say you have James Harden listed as a guard. They have LeBron James listed as a guard. They're they're not true true guards like a Trey Young or Steph Curry is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want those bigger guys that are going to get rebounds, that are going to get assists, and are still going to get their points. Yeah. So that it's it's interesting that you know even if we expand the top ten, right? Uh, if we go six through ten, we have Kyrie, Trey Young, Steph Curry, Carl Anthony Towns, and Giannis. You know, Cat and Giannis are. Similar style to Jokic, Durant, Embiid, big guys uh, that that take high percentage shots that are going to get to the free throw line, mm-hmm. and you no, know, they're going to score. So you're going to lose some points on turnovers with those guys, yeah, because they handle the ball a lot. But you're going to make up for it with points. That must be why um, DeAndre Ayton is so far down the list because he turns it over so much. He's 52nd <laughs> on this list I'm looking at. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. He's one so, above Russell Westbrook, so that's kind of crazy sounding. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Uh, so looking at next year, we I found this article on CBS Sports 
where it talks about who the order that you should draft. Uh, Nikolai Jokic was number one overall for last year. He should absolutely be the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. He's just the best player in basketball. He's the MVP for a reason. And from a fantasy perspective, he is the best player in basketball that you're going to want. Uh, number two, Kevin Durant of the Nets. This year it says draft lower. It doesn't give us a number. Uh, but I think for all the reasons we've talked about, it makes sense why you would draft him lower. Is he going to be playing? Is he going to be interested? Is he going to be on a new team trying to figure out his role? There's a lot of things that could go wrong. So I would agree with that. Draft Kevin Durant lower. Uh, the one that kind of surprised me was Joel Embiid. He was three last year. It says draft him lower as well. Hmm. And I was looking at the list. I'm trying to think who would I take over, you know, who would I take at number two if you're going to send Durant and Joel down the list? I know who you would and take. The- Let's hear it. Luca. Who am I going to take? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> no. uh, Giannis was the first player that jumped out at me. I, I love Giannis. He is he is a freak. Uh, but that's the first player that I thought of that could be go. But who would you take? Who is your number two overall? Looking, uh, Knowing what you know and and looking at that. I, I still think Joel and me might be number two for me. I, I don't know that I, I'm going to move him down that much. The Sixers, I think, are going to be better or at least on par with what they were this year. Maybe Harden gets more involved with the offense and that impacts Joel and me, but I feel like they can live in harmony. Yeah. No, I, I think Giannis is a good, good pick right there. Um, I, I do think Luca is a good pick too, because he really doesn't have anyone else that's going to do anything on that team, you know? So, but then again, who is he going to pass to? And is he's not going to rebound. Well, so. Yeah. Is he going to get those assists? Yeah. He's not going to get those rebounds and he's going to turn the ball over quite a bit over the course of the year just because he has so much ball handling responsibility i personally well i want to say lebron james but he's been injured so much but i would probably still pick him because he was going to be the points winner for last year and he just i think he's still capable of winning mvp and still doing he's just been ridiculous when he's been on the court when he's been healthy so i would probably pick him honestly okay uh, Jason Tatum was one that jumped out at me that I think he, he was 14th this year, at least on this one list. Uh, I would probably take him higher. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to improve. I think he's going to cut down on turnovers. Um, so that, that's kind of the top of it. So I, I'm interested to see, and we'll have to go through this a little bit more as we get closer to our draft day yeah. of, of what that draft board looks like and who, you know, the, the experts always say, take this person. And uh, it never always works out that way. This list has Steph Curry as number two, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, because I, I love Steph Curry. I think he's a fantastic player, but I don't know that he's going to get the the rebounds. The He gets his assists, so that's not an issue. But his field goal percentage, I think, is going to hurt you, uh, depending on the type of league that you're playing in. That's it, tough. Like, this draft, this, this would be crazy, man. This is going to be insane to play fantasy basketball i'm gonna be yeah, so frustrated and i'm gonna lose my butt gonna... oh my god it's fantasy football is already frustrating but i basketball is like my sport you know so <laughs> i'm right i know i'm gonna do horrible <laughs> in this it's gonna piss me off so much damian lillard is another one that i i see as, a, as not a sleeper i think everyone knows who damian lillard is but i feel like he should move up the draft board yeah this year uh hopefully he's healthy uh he is going to be he's going to be a great player continue to be to do good things but I, I would move Kevin Durant down Giannis up uh, I'd keep Joel there I'd keep Harden there. I'd move Harden up probably I think he's going to be better he's going to have an improved year yeah. after having a down year that's what I'm thinking like I like to pick those players that's why I picked LeBron because I feel like he's going to have that revenge year where he's going to improve over last year but it's really hard for NBA players to you know improve over the year before well, it's 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 almost hypocritical because you know LeBron's going to improve, Harden's going to improve. They still had really great seasons last year yeah. that may not show successfully on their team, mm-hmm. right? Their team's performance, but the Sixers made it deep in the playoffs. Uh, both of those players are are still really good players. So I don't know. We say improve. I don't know if there's a lot of improvement. The only thing that I could say improving on is just sort of the cohesion that they have with their team. Right. And and knowing when to, you know, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. You got to know when to take the shot, know when to pass the ball. Know, start to have that trust in your players. You know, I recently was looking at the, the alley-oop uh, from the Phoenix Suns playoff run uh, in the 2020-2021 season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jay Crowder threw that ball before Dame, uh DeAndre Ayton was even in the air. He just, yep. you know, had faith in his teammate 
that he was going to be there to catch that ball. Yeah, and I think that's the sort of thing when I say they're going to have a a rebound year or they're going to improve is that they're going to know their players better. They're going to have that extra level of confidence. From a statistical standpoint, they're still really good players. They didn't have a down year. Um, or if they did, it's because they've had such elite years that they only had a you know all star year instead of an elite year. But yeah, um, I almost feel bad saying that you know LeBron's going to re- improve, Harden's going to improve because there's not much room for them to go up because they are so so good. No, I definitely understand your point, and I actually agree with you with like team chemistry and stuff like that. You know, you know, I'm always big on that. So yeah, they're playing another year with a somewhat of like the the most. Uh, I'm somewhat of the same team. That's what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, you're going to build a little more chemistry, and you should have a better year with that. Going the opposite direction, though, like Rudy Gobert, I think he's going to go backwards where he's on a new team, and he got this big contract, and he doesn't have that motivation like these other players do. So I think he would actually drop down. Well, I think he's going to drop down because I don't think they're going to be asking him to do as much because he's surrounded by talented players and Anthony Edwards and and Carl Anthony Towns. So but, I think his role is going to be diminished and that's going to have a statistical impact on him. Yeah. It might not mean anything at the end of the day. They still might win games, which is what in theory it's all about. Yeah. I think Towns would go up though, because he is more of a scorer and having a uh, Rudy Gobert on his team, it's going to take some pressure off of him and maybe allow him to yeah. shoot more. So I could see him going up. So yeah, there's, oh, absolutely. there's yeah. so many things here to take into consideration. Absolutely. And, and, that's that's the fun of fantasy sports, fantasy basketball specifically, is there's going to be times where the matchup plays a role on on who you start and who you don't start, right? Yeah. Uh, teams going against – Chris Paul going against the Pelicans is probably a, a week that I sit him out because they got into his head during the playoffs, and I imagine that they'll be doing that again yeah. uh, with, a, with a full healthy team. Well, there's a player that we haven't talked about, Zion. I imagine Zion is going to – you know he didn't play at all last year, so he's certainly going to go up. Yep. If you have a keeper league, you might he might still be on your team. I think he's that's going to pay huge dividends. I think I think he's a star waiting to explode, and uh, hopefully this is the year that we kind of see all that come together for that for that young man. Yeah, you know what's really cool is just looking at this list, and I kind of feel like those new players that coming into your fantasy football league that have no idea like who to draft. They just I am this with basketball now. Like I, I have no clue. Like what to do like i just i'm gonna go down the list and like whoever's next on the list i'm pretty much i'm probably gonna pick because i don't know and that's how all these other newbies feel when they go into my leagues and fantasy football so it's just kind of interesting with me being in that boat now (laughs) yeah absolutely uh that's gonna do it for us tonight folks or today folks thanks for listening and we'll see you next time yep thanks guys